On She Goes, the podcast is brought to you by Travel Portland. Explore all that Portland has to offer, from their bustling restaurant scene to their breathtaking waterfalls and hiking trails. Check out TravelPortland.com for more information on how you can experience Portland. All right, guys, welcome to On She Goes, the podcast. Uh, Today's episode is going to be about ancestry that I'm calling Ancestry.Nah because it doesn't necessarily (laughs) apply to us all the time. Um, But first, before we get into ancestry, we're going to talk to Momo Pixel, uh, a dear, dear friend of On She Goes, about Hair Nah, the video game she created, um, and uh, get some info from her, and she's going to tell us where we can check it out and everything else. And Momo, thank you so much for being with us. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we also have the other ladies here uh, from On She Goes. We have Meadow and Medhani, and we have Des Ramirez, and then we have Amy Lamb via satellite, and we also have Jordan Hales with us, who is here to talk about ancestry as well. So first, we're going to start with uh, Hair Na. So Momo, tell us a little bit about Hair Na. Why did you decide to come up with it? How did it, how did it come to fruition? Mm. Um, so Hair Na came into fruition, I would say, basically because of Portland. Um, so I've lived in, like, five other cities. Mm-hmm. Like, I've lived in, like, Kentucky, I don't know, Atlanta, Chicago, New York. Oh, I guess it's four. I lived in four places. Um, <laughs> and then I moved here. And, you know, I had never really experienced the whole hair touching. I knew it was a thing. Like, I had seen the movies and seen the things. And, like, I had, I still had experience, but I knew it was a common thing that, like, people would touch people's hair. It just had never really happened to me. And then I moved here, and all of a sudden, it just happened, like, all the time. It was like, I'll be walking, and somebody would be like, oh, you're... And her hand's already in it. I'd be like, the hell? Um, and it was just, like, that... Hap- it started happening, like, a lot. And I think that it was really jarring because I went from never having it happen to it happening all the time. And then I was just pissed. I would just see like a white woman cross the street. Like I was that person. I'd be like, nah, we're not doing this. I'm not going through this today. Nope. It was just a, like a bob and weave. I was just always bobbing and weaving. Um, and, you know, you get tired of that. And I'm not one of those people who like to be like that. Like I'm a very like mm-hmm. happy, like love everybody person. But like, I think when people are always invading your space, you know, it starts to change how you interact with them. So then um, I was at work one day and I was trying to explain it to my bosses and they weren't really like understanding. <laughs> and um, the- They're like, wait, we can't touch your hair, why? Well, no, they were just saying like, so like, what do you mean? Like people just come up and like, they were just trying to like imagine it. Cause I, I had wrote this thing talking about how I dodge. And he was like, so you just be like, and so my boss is like trying to act it out. And he's just like dodging and moving. I was just like, he looks really silly. But then it dawned on me, I was like, yo, there, it would be a great game if you could actually swat the hands away. I was like, I don't want to keep dodging. I want to say nah. And then boss was like, wait, that, that sounds awesome. He's like, you should go make it. And I was like, all right. So like, <laughs> that's how hair nah came to me. And um, you know, the name just comes from you know hell nah, you know, but it's your hair. So it's like hair nah. Plus I say nah 
like a lot. Nice and word. And so the game, just to kind of explain a little bit about the game. So the game is a black woman. You can choose a, a variety of shades yeah. of black woman uh, yeah. and also hairstyles. And she goes through the course of a trip, right? She's yeah. taking a trip. Yeah, because that happened because of you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like we changed it to a travel game because of on she goes um and plus i'm like always flying places like i'm an avid traveler but uh yeah so you pick uh her name's ava and um basically you're just supposed to help her get to her destination you're just supposed to help her get from point a to point b but you can't get there so easy because everybody's trying to touch her hair um and so you pick different skin tones and then you pick like an array of hairstyles and i was really trying to think of like I don't know, just us for the hairstyle. So that was like fun. I was like, ooh, I know if I put baby hairs on this, they're going to like love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just like do things to like, just I would do subtle things. I think that's why I like the game because it's like, if you're a part of my culture, then there are things that are specifically for you that you get. And then it's like, even if you're not, you'll just enjoy the game in general. You might miss some of those little bitty things that I put in just for us, but the game is still really enjoyable. But I definitely like threw some stuff in there to be like, I know somebody's going to see this hairstyle and be like, that look like Maxine Waters. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Maxine. Yeah, Auntie Um, So... I mean, Hair Nye has blown up. Yeah. Like, it's everywhere now. Everybody and their mom is tweeting about it, writing about it. What's your, which which publication or person, like, recognition are you most proud of that you've gotten so far? Common. Oh. Common wow. and Jesse yeah. Williams. Ooh. Yeah. Common Jesse and Jesse Williams. Williams. And then now the roots follow me on Instagram, which ah, is crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. But, like, Common... I have, I just appreciate what he has done for our community. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that he's very thorough. Like, he's been consistent in what he does. Like, he's just dope. Plus, he got them nice, long-ass eyelashes. So I was just like, (laughs) you took time out your day to write about my game. Oh, girl, during that game, there's a movie. It's like, um, is it the basketball? Yeah, it's like with Queen Latifah or something. Yeah, Yeah, so in that movie, that's when I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, just right. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, during that movie, that's when I was like, like, okay, Common, you better bat your eyes. Um, <laughs> and then Jesse Williams, you know, he's dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, like, he's always been dope. But, you know, especially after that BT speech, everybody was like, oh, that's me. You know what I mean? So um, I'm not going to be one of those people to be all shy and coy. Like, I knew it was going to go viral. I just didn't know it was going to go viral on Twitter because I only had 200 followers. You know what I mean? Like, I knew the game was dope. I knew everybody was going to relate. So I made the post on Facebook and it didn't go the way I thought it would. And then somebody was like, Momo, put it on Twitter and go viral. I was like, girl, I got 200 followers. Ain't nobody going. I guess my account kind of looks fake because I only had like 300 tweets. You know what I mean? I only had 200 followers. Like, there was nothing to really. um, And so, like, the tone of my voice, actually, when I typed it, at least when I was saying it in my head, was like, so I made a game. You know what I mean? Like, I was sad. I was like, because they know I go pay attention. I was like, hairnaw.com. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how I typed it. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, I seen somebody liked it. And then, like, I saw I get retweeted. And then it had 25 likes. I was like, oh, that's the most I've ever had. You know what I mean? I was like, that's cute. And then um, I saw somebody say, like, have you seen this game at D-Ray? And then it kept going. And then all of a sudden, he retweeted it. Because he has a million followers. So once he retweeted it, it was like the heavens and the blessings and the honey and the dew. Everything came at once. And it was amazing. I was just like, oh, 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 this is what this feels like. Go ahead. Do y'all sing. Retweet this. <laughs> That's so awesome. And so now it's about to be an app. 
Did I hear that correctly? Yes. <laughs> it's complicated though, but it is going to be. <laughs> I can't even tell y'all much other than, you know, everybody wants it to be an app. In my soul, I'm like, it's got to be an app. That's what I wanted from the beginning too. You know what I mean? So, yes, but I don't know the timeline. Um, but I will say whenever it comes out, it'll be definitely worth the wait because I just am very adamant and anal about stuff and I don't want you know everybody to pay for something if it's not um magnificent so mm-hmm. there would just be more to it a lot more to it and I don't want to say it because I want nobody to steal this idea and then I gotta sue you ass <laughs> <laughs> do you um have like bigger like like the ultimate dreams for what you could possibly like where it could go yeah I mean I think there's a couple of different ways it could go you know like I definitely want it to be a movement like just I mean, it kind of already is a movement of Dud Touch My Hair. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we've had all this stuff before. Solange kind of made the anthem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now there's this game. So I kind of just want the conversation to go. And, like, I would love for there to be, like, hair gnaw moments or something. Or just something mm-hmm. like that where, like, everybody's talking about it and stuff. And just, I don't know, just keep going with it. Um, I would love to do pop-up shops. I would love to do a giant arcade game and just put it in cities and you just get your life. Um... I mean, I think personal space in general mm-hmm. is an issue. So with that, it can also grow bigger because it's not even just the issue of black women and their hair. It's also just an issue of people not respecting people's personal space mm-hmm. in a lot of different avenues. Um, and you just see it because they just reach. You know what I mean? There isn't an entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, most often, I think, is white folks just because they be having all the privileges. Um, <laughs> but black people do it, too. You yeah. know what I mean? And other people of color. And you know what I mean? So... Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, like, when you're known for your style um, and everything, and I feel like I can see you coming out with some hairline, hairline or something like that. Oh, yeah, so I was colorful. talking to me. They were like, they were like, Momo, you should do hair in all bonnets. <laughs> so, I know, that's what I'm saying. So there's, like, that's what I'm saying. There's just a lot that can happen. All I'm going to say is it's going to take time because, yeah. you know, merchandise might come out quicker just because it's easier to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But me being a designer and really into fashion, I mm-hmm. actually want to design some clothes. I don't want to just slap a logo on a shirt and be like, look, it's buy it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. like, no, I actually want to design it and have you like, oh, this is the dopest thing I've ever seen. You see the sleeve? <laughs> look what the sleeve do. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you mm-hmm. wear a hat, with hair, like, I want there to be bits and pieces that you really did. Um, so that you keep it. I don't want it to be just another. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any questions for Momo at all? Anybody? I feel like I have so many questions. Go ahead, ask a question. <laughs> like, uh, you know, oh my God. Um, what did it feel like to tell your most authentic truth to the world? Oh, that's dope. That's a good question. Okay, it kind of felt like waking up. So, like, just because my style is so different, every day I kind of wake up and I'm like, Momo, what colors are you gonna wear today? You know what I mean? And it's just like, I have to tell myself I'm dope. It's cool. Don't worry. Like, you're just being yourself. And if people don't like that, so oh well. Um, so it was kind of like that with this game. You know, it was just like, this is me. You know what I mean? And like, if you know me, then the game totally makes sense. You know what I mean? It's my color palette. It it's it's humorous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's still honest as hell. Like, that's why the answer stop that shit. Like, it's honest, but it's 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 told in a way where it's like you'll receive it because it's like, I'm not being mean. You know what I mean? And I'm not chastising or like doing any of that stuff. Like, I'm literally just being like, look, this is a mirror 
of what you touching my hair looks like. Mm-hmm. I just want to show you yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the game was just me being myself, how I kind of am every day, because I kind of have to give myself that pep talk and like make sure that I'm okay. So, you know, before I sent the game out, like literally the night before y'all, I took a bath. I had this, <laughs> I had this, um, this little bomb bath thing I got from Atlanta. And when you toss it in, it changes colors and it got sparkles in it. That is what I did before I dropped that game. That is what I did to give a body right. I was like, all right, Momo, you gonna have haters. I'm gonna take a bath. You know what I mean? You gonna have haters and some accelerators and you might get some fertility just to help you get to the next level. But you know what's coming. So I was like, take this bath and love yourself um so then in the morning you know when i dropped it i was just like this is just me being me here we go mm-hmm. um yeah so that's how it felt it's it's just awesome to like have that received on a wide scale and then it's kind of funny too because you know the game i feel like is like a really small part of me like people mm-hmm. like the world doesn't even know all the other stuff i do they just got a taste of momo you know what i mean and it's kind of funny like i'm like looking at all the publications and stuff and how they're writing it or the little pictures it just felt you know what i mean like it's just like yes. oh hi world hi i'm glad you know i exist now yes well, i'm super proud of you i think we're all super proud of you <laughs> super happy for you um tell the people where they can follow you and where to find hair nah you can follow me at Instagram because it's my Instagram's like the best. It's like really, really pretty. Facebook, if you want like my commentary, but like if you want like prettiness and like my art and like my music, go to my Instagram and that's Momo Pixels with an S because somebody already had the regular one. Um, <laughs> if you go to my Facebook, it's Momo Pixels because somebody had the regular one. And if you go to my Twitter, it's Momo Uh Oh because Uh Oh, it's Momo. That's why. And then you can play Hair and All at hairandall.com. It's really simple. It's really simple. Like, you can't forget that. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Momo. Appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you. This is dope. All right, so uh, I wanted to, one more hot topic. I kind of wanted to glaze over. Um, I just found out this morning that Prince Harry is gonna be marrying Meghan Markle, who is a black woman. So we are now gonna have a black woman in Buckingham Palace. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that and I was like, what? Princess. That's dope. Like I was looking at her mom, she's from Los Angeles. Um, she's a Leo, August 4th, 1981. Yes, Queen. Hey, Leo. Uh, and um, yes, I was super excited about that. Her mother is um, an African-American woman. Uh, she's a social worker. Aww. And her father is a Caucasian man. Um, and he's like a lighting director in Hollywood. And so I'm super excited about this. And I just wanted to glaze over it because I saw some haters. I did. I saw some haters in the news and stuff that were like, there's going to be some very unlikely guests in the um, in the in the palace, oh. in the royal palace. Oh. Very was like in all caps. And I was like, rude, rude. So rude. And I was just like, come on, y'all. Let's just rejoice for this this happy couple. I've yeah. always been a fan of Prince Harry. I think he's kind of sexy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But I just wanted to, to touch on that. We got some women of color up in Buckingham Palace. Hey. I think that's super great. So congrats to them. Um, so let's go into our discussion for today. We're going to talk about ancestry. Uh, and this is just going to be like a casual discussion. We're just going to get our feelings out. I see everywhere, 23andMe, Ancestry.com. I think there's a show with, like, Skip Gates talking about this is where you come from, but I think he only does celebrities for the most part. And, like, 
I kind of get in my feelings personally because number one, all of that stuff is so expensive. It's so expensive. How much does it cost? I've always been curious. I just saw another email promo for Ancestry in my inbox this morning, and it's on sale, I think, for the holidays for $59. Okay. But there's different levels of the kit. I actually have always felt like it was too expensive also because I think originally, like, it's like from one to 200. Yeah. That range. It, it gets high. It almost like sometimes to me feels like it's a way to take advantage of a lot of people of color sometimes because it's like I have no idea what my actual ancestry is like the only thing I can tell you is Philly and Virginia (laughs) and then that's it and like people are like oh you know I get a lot of racial ambiguity and people are always asking me like what are you I'm like I'm black and they're like no and I'm like first of all I hate that don't tell me no like I'm black my mom's black my daddy's black I'm black get out my face so it's just like all of these things like you just don't know I just you know and I'm I'm kind of like y'all are not getting my hundred dollars to try and like, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it just makes me feel like it's preying on people who actually don't know their ancestry. Like I do, I would like to find out a lot of things. Um, but like, as, as there are some of you in here that do know where you come from in, in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Like not being like an African-American person necessarily, like you know where your parents come from and so on and so forth. What are your views on all of this? And, like, do you feel like you still would want to do, like, something like this, like a DNA? Or, like, where's your attachment? Like, all of these things. Just questions. Um, so my parents are from Eritrea. Uh, they moved to the U.S. when they were in, like, <clears throat> in their early 20s. So I've always known that both sides of the family goes back to Eritrea. So it was never a question of where I was from. It's like I knew where I was from. I can go there if I want to. Um, my parents each have My dad has a brother. My mom has a brother that still lives there with their kids. So it's like, and it's interesting because um, both of them have daughters that are like the same age as me. One is a year younger, one is a year older, and our lives are so different. So I'm like, oh, that could, you know, that could have been me if, you know, the war didn't happen. We would have still been in Eritrea. Like it was during the war when everybody left. My dad would always say like, like knowing where you're from, like that whole saying of like knowing where you're from so you know where you're going. And like, I think it's just something that I've always taken for granted because I've always known that. And I think Tanisha, who we'll be talking about a little bit later, um, kind of brought it to my attention that like I'm American with foreign parents. So even though I'm Eritrean, I'm very American and I've always lived between these two cultures. So even though that's like back home, I don't have a deep connection to it. And there's always this conversation about, um, oh, you're not Eritrean enough. And like, I've talked to other people who are like second generation from other parts of the world who are also Eritrean where you just, and I've seen a couple poems about it too, where like, you're not home in either place. Like you're in America and they're like, you don't belong here. You go to Eritrea, you also don't belong there because that's not the culture I grew up in. I can't speak the language and all that stuff. So being more appreciative of what I have and getting more curious around it, like stories about, you know, where my parents come from. And when I think about like my grandma or my older aunts, like I can't really speak to them more than just like basic, hi, how are you? So it kind of sucks to miss out on like those stories and understanding like who they really are and seeing how that's very connected to me and seeing like how I could see myself in them. I do think that whether that's like past lifetimes or if I go back, 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 it's not just 100% Eritrean, which seems to be like that's what we are, full stop, without any exploration. Like I used to make fun 
of my mom because I'm like, you are so light-skinned. Like, you have to be mixed with something. Are you, like, Italian or Arabic? She's like, no, I'm Eritrean. Like, don't even <laughs> come at me like that. <laughs> so um, I am curious, but I don't know if it would be through, like, a DNA test. I think it'd be other means of exploring that yeah. Jordan might talk about in a <laughs> yes. little bit. Speaking of which, Jordan, tell us um, tell us a little bit about what you were just discussing with Midon. Yeah, well, um, I guess the first thing I want to say is price is one thing, but knowledge of who you are is fundamentally priceless, you know. And I think where the value is missed in the DNA test um, is that it is essentially a piece of paper. Yeah. You know, it, it really is a piece of paper. And it does have these percentages and, and my least favorite part, these regions of uncertainty, you know, and it's like, that's that's what I'm getting. All I'm getting is, you know, that you can get tell me this percentage here, this percentage here, but there's, there's something more that we're craving. Um, and I think a lot of us don't know what possibilities there are for accessing deeper levels of information um, that go beyond just knowing, well, hey, I'm from Eritrea, hey, I'm from uh, the Congo, or hey, I'm from, you know, I'm from from Mexico. There's there's more to be had. So we were talking earlier that I got my first ancestral messages um, today, and by ancestral messages, I'm talking about working with an empathic psychic intuitive. Oh. Um, her name is Tanisha Sela um, of DiamondDisclosure.com. Um, I work with her on personal development stuff um, because I personally believe that if you want to do big things in life, then you got to go dig deep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've I've worked with therapists before; they were awesome, but working with her has been next level. Um, so. When I talk about ancestral readings, I'm literally talking about there's a spirit that is communicating to her, um, delivering a message. So this could be someone of a past lifetime. You mentioned past lifetimes. This could be someone who is actually in your, your lineage, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was very easy to engage with Tanisha on this ancestry topic. Like, it might have been, like, you know, completely, like, off the wall, like, what? What do you mean you'll be able to talk to my ancestors, you know? <laughs> but I had been working with her on so many personal things, and she had read my whole and entire life like it was on a movie screen that, you know, it just got to a point where it was like, I guess the world is just a weird fucking magical place, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. But to talk specifically about um, the value of it, it is about connection, it's about answering questions like she did this amazing Facebook post. I'm going to pull it up right now. And she said, I have a few questions about my ancestry, and I don't believe the DNA test will answer these. Um, what village am I from? What tribe am I from? What was our language or dialect? What does it mean to be a part of this tribe? What are the customs and traditions? What was our last name? You know, and she has this list of like 18 different questions that she can answer that there's no way that Ancestry.com or, you know, wow. it, you know, is going to be able to answer those things. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in that. So did she deliver results to you? Are you, do you want to share them? Or if you don't have to, if you don't want to. No, I do. I do. I just, I just wanted to uh, 
to make sure I wasn't rambling um, no, because there's so much to say here. Um, so I was supposed to get, uh, she has this um, experience that she calls the ancestors room and she does small groups of about four people at a time. So yes, yeah, so I will be doing the official program in January, um, but actually she gave me my first ancestral messages today. She was texting me and she said, you need to meet your ancestors, LOL. They're in the room. And when she says they're in the room, meaning they're with you. And she says, oh my God, two people walked up. So she was apparently joking. And then she was like, oh my God, no, two people have walked up to me. Big eyes, this is a message. And I'm like, oh Lord. She said, they gonna be at the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I said, hey, ancestors, oh my God, this life. And then she said, they are talking about connection and its importance. The oral history must continue. It is the only way to understand the culture deeply and meaningfully. And this is a direct quote saying, they must know, they meaning all of us. There is science, but there is love, truth, and culture. And our culture is our bond. And she says, I'm crying, is too much. Then she starts, I'm saying, oh my God, heart, heart, heart. She said, my ancestors that have come forward are a man and a woman, and the woman is speaking. The man is slim, my ancestor. They are brown, not dark. Then they say about me, she, Jordan, will soon understand her culture and the messages we have for her. This is a part of her journey, to encourage others and spread truth of the knowledge that is available. This is her responsibility, orator of the tribe the lineage, and its continued walk through. Jordan, you are designated to speak for us. And that makes a lot of sense for me because I've been talking since like three months old. And in my family, we are just like this clan of amazing storytellers to be told that My voice is about more than a business. It's about telling soul-level truths, and it's about accompanying people who are doing these weird, crazy things like spreading ancestral messages and to be able to share that with someone. When I got back in my lift ride, I was a brand new girl. I was just like, this is is life, you know? So that was my first message, and... um, In January, I will be finding out specifically where I'm from, but I mean, honestly, like, I can't wait to know what the country is, but just that message alone is like so much more Mm -hmm. than I could have ever expected. That's amazing. Like, that's making me like eat emotional. That's so amazing. And I love what you said about if you want to do big stuff, you've got to dig deep. You've got to go deep. And that really resonates with me personally. I too, I feel, have been on an exploratory journey as far as my ancestry and my where I'm coming from. I read a lot of books and do a lot of work around self-work, around identity and the experiences that I've had in my life that shape who I am as a person and being okay with a lot of it instead of trying to change it or to try to just create all this resistance around like natural parts of myself that I actually kind of am discovering that I like. Whereas before people were like, you're too emotional. You're too loud. 
you're such a daydreamer. You don't focus in school. Like all those things you grow up hearing, all that noise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so then all of a sudden you're just like all wound up like a tight ball and you don't feel comfortable with who you are. I feel like I've had some good breakthroughs this year doing a lot of self-work around knowing where my family's from. I'm, I'm Mexican and paying closer attention to where we all came from, what yes. our culture embraces. Yes. And I just feel like when you go deep around ancestry and lineage, I'm finding that I'm just learning to love myself even more and more mm-hmm. because yeah. you're you're seeing that this is what makes you who you are and it's a beautiful thing. I don't know. I just don't I don't feel so alone anymore, if that makes sense. That makes it totally sense. makes sense. Yeah. It's really interesting because thinking about what you were saying, I was like starting to tear up around identity because when you know where you're from, it's easy to be defined by that as Mm -hmm. your singular identity. So like being Eritrean, being from Oakland, there aren't a lot of Medans who are Eritrean from Oakland that people in Portland know. Yeah. There was a young woman who um, for a, a graduate school research project, she was interviewing 1.5 1.5 and second generation Eritrean and Ethiopians. And I learned a lot in sharing myself with her because in certain environments, you're encouraged to over rotate on one identity over the other. So because my identity has been with me since I've been born, I haven't searched for other aspects of my identity. Mm-hmm. Because my culture is so strong and so in front of me, and this is how you're supposed to be. So I think on the flip side, I'm so grateful. And over this holiday, I got to spend so much time and just be surrounded by all of the beauty of my culture. It's still, um, I had to seek it out Mm -hmm. because it's easy to be like locked in because you know, and you're not really encouraged to search. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, I'm almost like, I hate to say this, like I'm almost like a little jealous of you guys (laughs) because I feel like you are able to have your culture in front of you. And like, I mean, I have African-American culture, which a lot of that culture is derived from slavery as well as like, you know, just like assimilation into white culture. And I do like I'm a little jaded about the, the ancestry thing because I do feel like, you know, I don't want to find out something super upsetting. I don't want to, I'm a very, very light-skinned person. I know it doesn't mean anything, but I don't want to find out that I'm less than 50% African. I don't want to find out that, like, you know what I mean? Like, I have all these fears around it Mm -hmm. that, like, Mm -hmm. keep me from actually doing it. And I always wonder, like, if I did do it, like, where it would lead me to, and would I be wanting to, like, go experience these cultures? You know what I mean? That that I've been left behind. I wanted to get Amy's take on it. Amy, tell me a little bit about, what, what is your take on all of this? Um, well, I'm so appreciative to hear everybody's experience with this. And I I think what I'm hearing a lot is that like there's a distinction between a DNA test and ancestry, you know, and, and I totally hear what you're saying, Serena, about how like in a way these DNA tests target like communities of color because people want to know where they're from. And often if they're in America, they're not from this land. So then they want to physically know where they're from. But one of the things that I, I, cause I've researched this a little bit, but with DNA tests, like, uh, and these websites, they're often like for quote entertainment purposes only. So it's like, they're comparing like a very superficial notion of what your DNA is against other people's DNA to 
geographically locate you. So it's not even that accurate. And then there's a part of me that's just like super paranoid about what the fuck they're going to do with my information. So that's just on me being a total paranoid weirdo. Um, but for me, like, um, I think when we're talking about DNA and ancestry, because like um, my parents are theoretically ethnically Chinese, but they're from Vietnam and like they came over to America as refugees. And um, I actually only have one grandparent who wasn't born in Vietnam. So I often think of like, well, how Chinese can we be? And I think the reason why like my family claims Chinese is because in Vietnam, there's, um, you know, like internal racism where uh, the Chinese think that they're better than the Vietnamese. So it's like, it's a tool to like wield power. But mostly what I'm thinking about when you know, you all are talking about like ancestry is that like my parents are Buddhist, but we they practice a Confucian version of it where we do ancestor worship. And so, you know, since I was a kid, every morning and every evening, we have to like light incense for our ancestors so that we can like uh, pray to them and they can watch over us and make sure that, you know, we're leading healthy and fulfilling lives. But as like a spiritual practice, I understand why we're doing this because then we're sort of like praying to actual people who have lived and who we're imagining are like watching over us but the problem is that like I don't really know who my ancestors are so I often think about like who are these people that I'm praying to like what were they like um I I totally identify with what Jordan was saying about like sort of being this person who's going to like continue the legacy of our ancestors but I feel like lost in a way because like I don't know What are the stories that were like meant to be passed down to me that never made it to me? Because like, I think that we are made up of the people who came before us. So it's sometimes really hard to like grasp onto who we are if we don't know who came before us. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a really good point. Um, I used to work in television and casting and I had to do a casting for a, a home show where it was basically we were casting psychic mediums to go into homes and like tell the story of the homes. It's, it was, that was a wild thing. But anyway, I had to get a lot of readings um, because of this. And a couple of the readings I felt were very accurate. Um, and the thing that they, like four of them had in common where they kept saying, I'm so sorry, there's this woman that just like they would literally like cut me off. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like this woman is like loud. There's this woman that just keeps interrupting you and keeps jumping in. I think she's like your your grandfather's mother or something like that. And she is just very like adamant that I tell you that she's here. And that happened like a couple of times, like like four times. And I was like, wow, you guys must be like kind of legit because. All of you guys are saying this. And I asked my um, grandmother, my, sorry, my mother, because this would be my, my mother's grandmother. Um, I asked my, my mother, I'm like, so what is the deal with my great-grandmother? Like, is she crazy? Like, what is the... And, and my mom started laughing. She's like, oh, you know, she's also a Leo. They're like, oh, she has, like, the same sign as you. And, like, she was always outgoing. She was our favorite. Like, she was the best and, like, all this stuff. And and apparently, from what I hear, and like you said, like, your ancestors are with you, she follows me everywhere I go. That's what I've been told forever. She's always with you. People have been like, she's literally to your left and her her hand is on your shoulder. Mm. And it makes me feel good. But I mean, again, this isn't that far removed. It's my grandfather's mother, right. who my grandfather has, has since passed on. Um, 
My grandfather's probably the only connection I have to ancestry because he had this book um, and it was a uh, it was like a porcelain on one side and like crushed purple velvet on the other side. And it was a photo album. And it was a photo album of all these people from his family. And like the book was a mixture of like complexions of people, like dark-skinned people, brown-skinned people, super light-skinned people, damn near white people. And like, he's like, yeah, they were passing for white. Um, you know, this is also your cousin. You know, they weren't able to pass for white, but there were a lot of people in my family who used to pass and like on his side. And it just kind of like, it always really confused me. I, I don't, I don't know where that book is now, but I wish I could, I wish I could find it because those photos are very, very old, but that's literally the only glimpse I have into mm my ancestry and where I come from. And like, it kind of, I was always really embarrassed and upset about having ancestors that were passing for white. Yeah. Like that always really, really, cause I'm, if anybody knows me, you know, I'm like all about this, like, listen, honey. Okay, <laughs> like I am yeah. a black woman, you know what I mean? So like, it always really, really upset me. And I used to be really embarrassed by it. And I remember in elementary school, I saw that book. My grandfather showed me that book cause we had to do a project of like, trace your heritage situation. Y'all, when I tell you, my grandfather told me that, and I was, in, I was eight years old, and I was embarrassed at eight, which I'm like, I mean, at eight years old, I guess most people don't know what passing for white is, but like, I knew. And I was so embarrassed, I just made something up and said I was from the Ivory Coast of Africa because it made sense to me as far as the transatlantic slave trade went. <laughs> and I like literally made like a flag from Cote like the Cote d'Ivoire flag and like I colored it and everything and like took it and I like presented that to my class. My mom was like, where did you get that from? I was like, I don't know, I just assumed because I just didn't want to tell people like all I have is that like my grandfather's family's from Virginia and these are some of my aunts apparently. They were pretending to be white though. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't want to walk in there and tell people that. I get that so much because the first time anyone ever asked me what part of Africa I was from was when I traveled to Spain. In mm. that moment where I had to say, I don't know, and then that moment where I had to say, I'm from motherfucking Alabama, I was so embarrassed, yeah. beyond embarrassed. And then I started to come into contact with more people of the African diaspora who were here, who were first generation, who knew where they were from, and I would get embarrassed again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say that I'm embarrassed by the people in my lineage that were here, but just the, the trauma of it all. Mm -hmm. And connecting back to your earlier point, I think what's exciting to me about the work that I've been doing with Tanisha and will be doing in January is that it gave me a chance to have a specific focus on my African ancestors mm -hmm. and not to have to focus on the trauma of, well, slave master John did such and such to your grandma. You, you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. it, 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 it gives you the opportunity to focus on the stories that you want to collect mm -hmm. versus just rehashing the trauma that you actually may not be interested in. Yeah. I've been asked um, quite a bit when I've been traveling um, that moment of embarrassment where I had to say I didn't know. I, I, th I remember being in my early 20s and hanging out with some friends, some white friends, and they were talking about um, Mayan people. And I, I was thinking out loud and saying, I wonder if I'm Mayan. And the reaction from both of them was, you're definitely Mayan. And comments like that, you don't forget. You yeah. know, they just come back and you're like, man, fuck those people. They don't know shit. Yeah. Like, they don't know me. 
And I did a little bit of my own, you know, research. And I was like, I mean, maybe I have Mayan blood, like way back. But actually, when I read about the Aztecs, that resonates way fucking more with me. And so like... Have you ever asked your grandparents? Like, I have. So that was one thing I was going to mention was... um, I sat down with them when I came back from Italy and, you know, she gave me like a very kind of rough idea of towns and villages that like my great grandmother and great grandfather were from. Um, and so that I, I, I like put it in the notes in my iPhone and I have it. I keep it there because I don't want to ever forget. And, you know, and my parents are not if I'm like, Mom, where are we from? Like, it's not something that just like comes to her naturally to talk to me about. Do you think that there's like a, just not an interest for the generation above us in stuff like this? Like, cause I can't, my mom's never, I don't think my mom has ever like asked questions or anything. And like my grandmother's quick to shut stuff down. Like mm-hmm. child, I don't know why you ask all these damn questions. Like, you know what I mean? So like, do you think that there's just not an interest there for that generation above us? I think that for, um, for my family for my parents and I think for my parents generation a lot of it's tied in like trauma and not wanting to relive it they never told us anything about where they're from because then that brings up questions of like them living through a war um and I think that because much of their like adolescence up until they left Vietnam to come to America was the war it just digs up too many unresolved traumatic memories that they never like just straight up never went to counseling for also you know they brought us here and like they're spending so much time struggling raising children in a country where they don't even speak a language it only just recently happened that like I started asking questions of my parents and it's hard for them to answer Uh, I only have one surviving grandparent now my my grandmother my popo and um, every time I sit down with her I just ask her random questions and I just straight up like bring up my voice memo app on my phone and I hold it in front of her. She has no idea what I'm doing because she doesn't have a smartphone. And I just record (laughs) her conversations because like I don't know how else to like keep like our history and our stories without doing that. We're getting to a certain age where like our immediate ancestors are dying off and like we're not asking them for our histories and so whenever I do get a chance I just do it and I just straight up record it and I, I don't I don't maybe she knows what I'm doing but she just doesn't say anything <laughs> I'm like literally holding up my phone to her face like, <laughs> like, oh, like speaking to the mic that? <laughs> and she'll do it and she'll tell me and she's she's legit told me like family secrets like if you guys want to know some shit about my grandfather I will tell you guys <laughs> I love it. Like, like, like shady shit that I had no idea about. And then I would ask my mom about it later. Like, mom, did you know this? She's like, yeah. You know, and like, but she never thought to tell me. <laughs> um, but I, I think that for like, for my family in particular, it, it, a lot of it's tied up to trauma and also just trying to survive and raise their families. But now that we're like all adults, they're, I think they're loosening up and maybe they're understanding that we need to know this stuff. So it's hard for us, but it's like maybe the onus is on us to ask them. Because it's maybe it's hard for them to come to us because like we hadn't asked them for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to look at the the context and the culture that we exist in now, and the extent to which that culture is inviting 
for for us to talk about mm -hmm. um, ourselves and ask those questions and the extent to which that culture is actively trying to push it away. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a country like the United States that whether it was, you know, First Nations people, whether it was, um, you know, immigrants who recently came to the country or whether it was uh, people in the, in the African slave trade who were literally told you cannot speak your language, we're going to change your name. We're going to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. basically going to, like, wipe out your entire... We're going to wipe it out. And we don't want you to create your own stories. Hell, we don't even want you to be literate. We're going to feed you the story. We're going to tell you who you are. And so, I mean, discussions like this are the ultimate act of revolution, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, to dare to, to go deep and to dare to care more. Mm -hmm. I want to just go back really quick to the actual kits, the Ancestry.com and the 23andMe. I am f a little fearful around the results coming back and feeling disappointed by them. Yeah. And I've like thought about how I would take care of myself. Should I feel disappointed by that? There's a lot of emotional things that are going to come up. Um, and there's not much processing support that is yeah. available. Right. Um, and one of the things that I am looking forward to that I actually really hadn't thought about because I hadn't thought about that moment of what am I going to do once I know. Right. Um, and so with this process, with Tanisha, she's built that in. Like, how do you get emotional clarity? How do you form emotional connection? Because just because you now know a fact or just even if you were to travel to a country, you still may feel deeply disconnected and you need help with that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, actually this particular process um, happens over a series of days and with an ability for you to say, okay, well, I don't like this, or I do like this, and what does this mean? And can we dig deeper and ask a thousand different questions such that you feel supported? Um, and I also think that, you know, this particular angle, you know, supporting, you know, the DNA angle um, with this now spiritual angle, like you, like you pointed up, it's all energy work. So it's not just about getting the facts, it's also about the feeling of... Mm -hmm. Someone is here with me and something has just moved mm -hmm. inside of me. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wrap us up. Um, this was a, do you want, oh, Madon wants to say something. Sorry, I thought you. No, it's all good. This could be a part of the wrap up. But about a year ago, I was at this exhibit about Portland um, and it was showing just Portland through time and how the city has changed. And on one wall, it said, nobody takes up space like your ancestors. Mm. And it's been on my mind for a year on and off, but I, I was curious to know what that meant for everyone. Man. Nobody takes up space yet like your ancestors. I mean, I feel like it's the inner monologue, knowing like this is a part of me, this is inside of me. Amy talked about like praying to her ancestors. Like it's like genetics, but in the spiritual sense. What do you guys think? That makes me, I love that. And that also makes me think of the side project from a seat at the table Solange's a seat at the table and it was um you shared it with me oh, yeah. and it was just all these amazing comments and one-liners and prose um from all different black women and one of the lines was I am my ancestors wildest dreams yeah. and I love that so much okay. and I just feel like that's such a rich good like sentence to write and write on a piece of paper and tape it like on your wall just think about that yeah 
Yeah, no, that's a powerful question. Um, I feel like my ancestors have been with me and on my mind since day one. Um, I, I'm not even the most religious or even the most spiritual person, but I was always concerned with sending them love because I knew that they had received so much that was opposite of that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it makes me feel good that I am first and foremost going to someone who studies West African spirituality, mm -hmm. assuming that more, more than likely, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm from somewhere in West Africa, and that I will get a chance to speak directly to them mm -hmm. and not to science. Yeah. I respect science, but I, this is, the time is now to go to the room to talk to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. This was a, such a great topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. I absolutely enjoyed this. It, I feel like it, it felt almost therapeutic. Yes. <laughs> it was nice. We were unpacking. <sighs> yes. So much. Thanks for unpacking with us. Um, again, you can follow us at OnSheGoes on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you guys have anything you want to share with us about Ancestry, your experiences with any of these, um, uh, Ancestry.com or uh, 23andMe or anything like that, please feel free to write us at hello at OnSheGoes.com. Um, I want to thank Jordan Hale so much for visiting us. Jordan, tell the people where they can follow you. Yes, well... If you want to be followed. <laughs> I do want to be followed, but first and foremost, don't follow me first. Go visit Tanisha's site at DiamondDisclosure.com. Again, that's DiamondDisclosure.com. And you can follow me uh, at TheRadicalBrandLab.com. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Bye.